Today's episode of Future Says is proudly sponsored by Oracle. Oracle offers integrated suites of applications plus secure autonomous infrastructure in the Oracle Cloud. For more information, check out www.oracle.com. On today's episode of Future Says, we have BG Krishnamurthy. BG currently leads generative AI solutions at Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, having held previous roles managing data science, IoT, and Industry 4.0 projects. BG holds a doctorate in operations research from Northwestern University and holds multiple patents on AI and machine learning applications. Hello and welcome to Future Says, BG. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you for inviting me to be in the show, uh, Sean. Good to meet you again. <laughs> so VG, from talking to you before, you've been involved in just about every big technology over the last few years. Obviously, generative AI now, AI before, IoT, quantum computing, you're involved in so many different things. Can you tell the audience just a little bit about that background and how you've embraced so many new technologies? Uh, you know, happy to do that. Um, so I think I graduated from my PhD in somewhat in a you know, right time, I think, because, uh, um, you know, uh, I found myself coming out of PhD with, uh, you know, having worked on optimization techniques and how to really find the optimal solution for business problems um, and complex business problems that have conflicting, um, you know, constraints. Uh, and how do you really find the best possible solutions based on what you know and what you project? Uh, for the future, right? And I started my career as a um, data scientist at Philips, uh, working on a variety of uh, problems. And again, I had a lucky break mainly because I was I was the only PhD with uh, optimization math background uh, in a team of uh, you know uh, about uh, fifteen hundred PhDs uh, who were all mostly physics, chemistry, uh, color science uh, focused uh, uh, or medical um, focused PhDs. So I had plenty of data on all the products that we were producing. Um, and uh, the goals were to find like, you know, predicting the performance of the product uh, while we are manufacturing or predicting what combination of products will actually work for customers' requirements uh, or uh, figuring out what is the optimal pricing that we could do for our downstream, um, um, you know, uh, suppliers and uh, distributors. Uh, and also figuring out um, uh, uh, what is the performance goals that we should set for the next few years based on all the, you know, semiconductor optoelectronics, uh, um, you know, um, projections. So I could see how machine learning can fit into so many things like between marketing, supply chain, production, uh, customer engagement, uh, you know, all of this. So which gave me quite a bit of, um, you know, um, uh, exposure to what we could do. And then I moved into IoT because there was a beginning of IoT and I saw IoT as a, um, like a sea of data. And, uh, you know, what is more fun for a, a person with machine learning interest, uh, you know, compared to data, right? So I want to be where the data is. So, and I was really intrigued by how we could connect a sensor to everything that we interact with. Um, so I was in IoT for about seven years uh, between you know, commercial building IoT, where we co I collected data from sensors that were attached to HVAC as well as lights and uh, figuring out, you know, the traffic patterns within the building um, and how to really utilize that to um, optimize energy consumption as well as, um, you know, uh, improve the comfort and experience of the uh, users of the building, uh, right? So, and then um, I... 
Uh, right about that time, Oracle was starting an um, IoT product line. So I was part of the founding um, team member of uh, IoT team where I led data science for all of our IoT applications as a chief uh, data scientist, as well as I led the product intended for Industry 4.0, Transition for Manufacturing. So we built um, um, production monitoring IoT application that helps you to connect to any one of your equipments, robots, automated machine handling systems, um, uh, in, in as well as your vehicles, uh, forklifts, everything, and then collect data and utilize that data for um, optimizing your throughput uh, cycle time, as well as uh, make your planning, day-to-day planning automated, as well as week-to-week planning and uh, forecasting. And then recently, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, again, we were starting to, Oracle was starting to release AI services. And uh, again, I got into a uh, interesting conversation about it and then decided to lead the AI services uh, products. Um, and um I've, you know, uh, and then um, once I have done that, uh, like, you know, as the AI is changing into generative AI, now I'm into, uh, I'm actually leading generative AI solutions. So uh, the journey is, like, I wouldn't say it's extremely well-planned, Sean, but I think it's sort of, I I think I've been the right time period where uh, the compute has um has enabled us to take advantage of all of the neural network techniques that were, you know, invented before, uh, put it into business problems and make them deliver the value. Um, and uh, I've been lucky enough to actually see that happening, like with compute becoming cheaper, cloud computing becoming almost, you know, standard. Yeah. And you say market conditions and the advantages that compute or the advan- the advances in compute over recent years has enabled the move to these new areas. Thinking about the next big revolution there, is it quantum VG or what do you think is going to happen there next? As you learn more about quantum mechanics, right, you start to actually think about like how it is, it doesn't line up with the way that we think about the real world. You know, like um, we think that if things are in certain place, it is in certain place, you know, we, but quantum actually, uh, uh, you know, challenges that idea. You know, nothing is in any place at any point of time. It's actually, you know, you're, you're, it's all probabilistic, right? So, which actually makes it so interesting to think about uh, philosophically as well as, um, as well as, uh, you know, from technology perspective. Mm, um, so I'm a, I'm a fan of quantum <laughs> in terms of like, you know, observing where it goes. I'm more curious about how quantum computing will actually make it even a bigger leapfrog um, uh, improvement in terms of how we can expedite computing and how we can solve some of the problems uh, that we are, you know, that are at the edge of the envelope uh, that we are at, uh, right? Uh, because if you see, um, you know, like you have, uh, um, uh, you have seen how the computer has been doubling and tripling and quadrupling as as we move forward with the with the years. You're also seeing how the how the AI models, based on the number of data and the number of parameters, how the accuracy is improving over the years. And if you actually delve into this, you will see the size of the data that you have and the compute you are using, and the algorithmic. Um, you know, framework that you're using. These are the three edges of the uh, feasible region. Essentially, you're just trying to either increase the amount of data, increase the amount of compute, or improve your algorithmic 
framework and uh, and by doing one of these three like one of these three knobs or more than one of these three knobs you are actually making leapfrog improvements in the way the model could actually behave so for me when i look into like the data of course like everything in the internet is you know is a world model that we are working with you know we can talk about whether it is actually a full representation of the world model or not as a as a subsequent discussion but uh, but and then we have the compute compute today it is actually increasing by you know doubling tripling but is quantum going to give a huge leapfrog you know and with that would that give us a huge um freedom to feed as much data as we want and quickly calculate and then um you know uh, with st- with the with our current algorithmic framework of course we have to update it for quantum computing uh can we actually make a bigger progress so that is my curiosity essentially and i think if you take that tria that you said you've got the data and i certainly come across a lot of people that are still complaining about data either not having enough or not having good enough quality data and i'm sure we'll get onto that vg is one of the barriers to entry maybe we spoke about computing and then the third is that algorithmic framework i mean there's been such a leapfrog there in the last year with everything around generative ai that's obviously the focus of your current role at oracle so can you tell us first what is generative ai and why is that different to what we've been defining as ai over the last few years let's say in industrial applications yeah so in the industrial applications if you see you know a couple of years ago our ai meant that we are um you know focused on how do we take historical business data and use those patterns and then predict what is going to happen in the future with with what probability so that i can use that to make business decisions right like so for example uh you can think about forecasting like you know how 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 was my sales in the last 5 years and how do i project the uh future sales so that i can make decisions on you know capacity and capital investments and etc um same thing if you uh, look at um product quality um you know you you look at what are all the manufacturing and the supplier parameters that contribute to a specific performance of the product um in the hist- in the historical data and then try to use those patterns and then train a machine learning model that learns that pattern and then and then once i provide a manufacturing parameter and a set of supplier parameters can it actually project what is the probability with which a product is going to be of certain quality right so that is the that is the kind of machine learning and ai models that we have built we've also built some language models like for example if i give a bunch of text uh, it can tell you what is a sentiment um say for example customers um writing um, you know or uh, um their feedback on how the product is performing and uh, whether it is a positive sentiment negative sentiment you could do so those are the things that we have been doing for the last few years what we have seen in the you know uh, end of last year is that we have seen a huge leap in the generative ai uh, because generative ai is not just re- repeating or mimicking or producing whatever you have produced whatever you've taken like just not observing the pattern and producing producing uh, projecting what is how what is the probability with which that pattern is going to occur in the future it is not doing that it's actually generating a new content so in the case of language right uh can i actually feed all of the um you know all of my um uh job descriptions for example like you know all the jobs that i have hired in the company um and uh, 
feed the job description and then train a model and then say make that model to generate a new job description for a product manager located in Seattle with 12 years of experience uh, with experience in java python and uh, and uh, ai right uh, can i with by natural with the natural language instruction like a prompt can i actually get the system to generate a completely new job description it is not going to exactly the job description that is generated by the uh, generative ai is not going to be exactly a copy paste of anything in the past uh, it's actually taking the no- the network is actually taking the knowledge of what you have fed as the past job description and then producing a completely new content uh, that is relevant based on the question that you're raising i think this is a big leap that we made in the last year and what that really results in is it has opened up a lot of opportunities for automating a variety of business functions like business processes that we do today like wherever you are generating language content can i actually generate a first draft of the content using generative ai you know whether it is job description contract documents um or you know automating like writing personalized email personalized promotions loyalty program pro- promotions you know if you think about it um you can you can generate specific automated one that is personalized for an individual task um and then um that actually results in a huge efficiency gain uh, right um you can also do a quite a bit of extraction like i can give like 100 page document or 1000 page document to a system and then start asking questions so if you step back on it right like as an individual in a business um environment um we are always making business decisions as to should i do this or should i do that and if you think about it to make any one of these business decisions right we are either consuming a large amount of data um and understanding and then making those decisions and how can i really expedite that employee experience like how can i create a chatbot where i can just start asking the question and then the chatbot answers um, you know answers employees exact question so that the specific knowledge is delivered to the employee at the specific time in the specific format so that the employee can be quickly making the decision that she or he wants to do right same thing and then once i have made the decision i have to act on the decision while i'm acting on the decision how can i automate many of those like if acting on the decision requires me to write a very detailed email you know can i automate that acting on that uh, decision um, makes me to um, you know create a uh, create a large contract document can i can i automate that those are where we see huge benefits and if you actually look into what we do in a business environment many of these um many of many of the functions that we do are actually um overlapping with these kind of um uh deliveries like understanding content de- generating content so um as a result i think the what we have what we have been seeing with generative ai is that it's going to be it's going to be hugely transformative across the across the um enterprises and talking about those use cases vg i mean me personally i use uh, generative ai in some of the public forums a lot it's sensational it uh, is complete step change um but i know you have a background in industry you have a background in iot you have a background in these more industrial applications let's say 
Do you see people in manufacturing and logistics and engineering using these types of models? What would be the use cases there? Yeah, I think if you take uh, manufacturing um, uh, particularly, right? Uh, manufacturing, um, a typical manufacturing um, customer um, has a huge knowledge base, knowledge base on how the equipments work, how the equipments are maintained, how the products are produced, what process parameters are optimized. The entire uh, uh, manufacturing runs on uh, a large number of uh, documents that are that are making up the knowledge base as to um, how to produce a product, right? And, and those knowledge documents are today generate, like, you know, created by individuals, you know, either a process engineer, product engineer, um, you know, uh, equipment engineer, maintenance engineer, like, you, know, you have a variety of these individuals creating um, these documents. Those documents, generation of those documents uh, has a huge potential for uh, utilizing generative AI. Like, for example, um, uh, using the equipment vendors' documents and the past similar equipment um, uh, uh, process documents, can I, can I auto-generate the first draft of the process document, for example? Or can I, um, if you're a maintenance engineer, Depending on the symptom that you're observing in terms of what is the type of a failure, can I auto-generate step-by-step instructions as to how to solve, right? Um, uh, you know, this is one of the uh, use cases uh, that I'm working on. Like, you know, given, um, uh, can can we actually enable um, the maintenance engineer um, irrespective of the years of experience, can I, can we help, can we level set everybody's knowledge, uh, to a standard, uh, to the same standard? You know, irrespective of whether somebody is only five years experience versus 25 years experienced, can we level set their uh, knowledge? The other is like in manufacturing as well as logistics, um, and, you know, uh, verticals, um, call center, uh, efficiency improvement and uh, personalized delivery. Uh, for the customers, suppliers calling into call centers is a huge um, uh, use case that we see often um, um, in, in the customers uh, that we talk to. Uh, for example, um, say you have a you have a call center, um, you have a chatbot that is addressing the call center, um, you know, as a first step. And how do you power that chatbot with generative AI so that based on the natural language question that the customer or the supplier is raising? Can I, can I get this, get the chatbot to take advantage of the entirety of the knowledge base that you have, like, you know, your intranet, uh, sites as well as your documents and, uh, you know, um, and then answer the question, uh, so that more questions can be resolved at the chatbot level rather than sending it to an agent, human agent, right? Um, and then, uh, if in case, uh, the chatbot is not able to solve, but it is, it needs to really um, transfer it to an agent, how do you really quickly, how do you, we can use generative AI to summarize the chat in a very, um, you know, um, succinct uh, three bullet points or four bullet points so that when it gets transferred to a human agent, the human agent has, has to just spend like 10 seconds to read what had happened so far so that that person doesn't ask the same question to the customer again, you know, what had been discussed in the chat. 
this is all language generative ai that we are talking about and there is also quite a bit of image um generative uh, ai use cases coming up in uh, manufacturing you know like how do you really iterate on your design uh, you know so um there's there's lot exciting lot of exciting things happening here sean yeah yeah generative design is something that comes up a lot and and i mean the last one you mentioned about the company internet i i've seen especially for new employees coming in and being able to scour these internal systems to get their answers yeah really effective really productive it's again a game changer you, yeah. you mentioned two types of uh let's say users or people that may interact with these types of models you might have the executives and then you might have a business analyst or a supervisor or an engineer or somebody within the business um you can answer this question whatever way you would like in whatever order but two sort of two part question what should an executive be doing today with all of this new innovation how should they be thinking we need to leverage this better and how should the person who's interacting with the machine or interacting with the data how should they be thinking what they sh- what should be the first thing they do tomorrow after listening to this yeah great question right so um if you think about the executives um in a in a manufacturing logistics um sector i would say um the like as an executive um how do i really um enable my employees uh to have access to the entirety of the knowledge base the company has as well as any relevant knowledge that external systems have like you know um if you're a semiconductor manufacturer um obviously there's a lot of uh, you know semiconductor research uh, happening on the daily basis you know people are publishing uh, new ways of you know producing chips and uh, any like microelectronics or optoelectronics chips so uh, like how do i really get my employee uh access to anything that is that is available as a company like you know the company's its own performance its its own financial performance product performance product manu- you know supplier uh, uh, supplier product vip all of this plus also any of the external content right like how do i get that content readily available to them and help them help them make the decisions that are optimal for the um for the business right that's how i would think about it as an executive and if you peel that right then you are starting to think about how do i really uh, take advantage of generative ai to uh, uh, to take advantage of all of that information so that it can produce the right information for my employee at the right time when they need it right um you know uh, 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 as well as how do i use the generative ai to help my employee to produce the right content that is needed to make the business move in the right direction right so um so that's what the executives need to think about and and i would say it's it's a long game as an executive i would i, I would say they should think about this uh, generative ai journey as a long game it's not something that you do it today and then you know um two days later everything uh, happens um you know it it needs to be looked at as because the generative ai models are changing and improving on the daily basis you know if you look at research papers there is something published every day on you know the uh, vulnerabilities of the model as well as how to overcome that vulnerability right so um so there's it's going to grow um it's going to get better over the next years 
And the other point that I want to make from executives is the time to invest is now because you know it's it's not like I, you know some sometimes when I hear from um, uh, in my in certain conversation oh we should should we wait for two three years for it to really stabilize and then take uh, that's not how I I would like the companies to think about it because in the two three years you may be missing out on some of the efficiencies that you could have gained because. the efficiencies that you're talking about are so pervasive you know like uh, it is it is on the day to day activities of employees as well as the longer term um you know product design product development uh, uh, research and development um areas so i think it is better to invest and then incrementally grow with it rather than waiting um uh, waiting waiting for it to um you know stabilize in a way uh, right so um on the individuals like business analyst or supervisor manufacturing like manufacturing um leaders right i would say um look for opportunities where uh, the inefficiencies are happening like is the inefficient is 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 are you spending the most time in customizing your single pane of glass dashboard every day for like 4 hours if that is the case can i actually put a natural language interface to that to the dashboard so that you create some basic visualization uh, which gives enough context on what uh, you know data that you're looking at what tables are you looking at what schema and uh, you know um what information is available and then you put a natural language interface like a chat interface with the with the large language model powered uh, as a backend and where any executive or the um or the business analyst or the manufacturing engineer can go in and then start asking questions so what is the yield yesterday you know what is the yield yesterday as opposed to what was the yield on monday of you know last week um or the or the manufacturing parameters different between last monday and this monday you know kind of like natural language questions i can ask and then the visualizations can be generated which requires you know large language model to understand your natural language and then convert it into a sql um query if it is a structured data and then query the database produce that uh, resultant data in json format so that that can be fed to your visualization whatever visualization tool that you use and then produce that right if you are able to create that again you are improving the employee's experience of you know reducing like you know reducing the amount of time that they are customizing the dashboard for every user persona and then just creating a creating essentially like a playground for them to just go ask any question that they want and then make a decision right so i think those uh, so i would say as a individual users like business analyst or or a manufacturing leader i would say look for those opportunities where are you spending the most time yeah and like you said vg i mean there's things changing every day um in this space as papers being released every day lectures happening every day vulnerabilities coming to light every day new opportunities every day for someone in the business looking at this how are they supposed to stay up to date with what's the latest and greatest what challenges should they be aware of do you have any advice on how to stay at the forefront of what's happening so um this is a very interesting question sean like you know i think there is no magic pill <laughs> i can tell you that for sure um it is uh, the things are changing all the time and you know because if you see um uh, if you see the you know the the number of parameters in the generative ai model it just keeps on increasing 
as has the number of parameters and the number of data used, the accuracy keeps on improving. And there is a there is a very healthy um, open source um, uh, effort that is going on uh, compared as well as you know improvements on the closed uh, uh, models. Um, I think I think you know being in um, having been in data science, machine learning, AI, and generative AI now. Uh, I think the one advice I give to um, folks who like to be in this field, say just you have to continuously learn. You have to always look for what is happening now and uh, and also kind of think through uh, what are the edges of the envelope where it is going to break, it is going to create a uh, breakthrough. You know, is is it in the, like the way that we talked about, is it in the compute, is it in the data, is it in the algorithmic framework, or is it in the use cases, or are there specific market vertical that is going to see a breakthrough? Um, you know, uh, those type of like, you need to really create a mental model um, by studying quite a bit of these um, uh, content and keeping up with the content. My go-to uh, place is like, for me, I, I learn by reading. I like reading a lot more than listening and seeing videos there is no shortage of uh, information out there okay like you know whichever preference that you have whether it is reading blog reading research papers or reading books or listening to podcasts or youtube videos um, um, quite a bit can be consumed uh, from that i think i i tell my like you know i tell the the you know, graduate students that i mentor uh, who are wishing to be in AI um, field uh, uh, in their career, uh, this things like two steps. One step is you have to know what, how you learn the best, you know, like whether it is, um, um, you know, reading. So that's how uh, the first step of understanding how you learn. And the second is kind of intentionally allocating certain time in your day or the week to really spend on it. Um, and, and, reading and then sitting back and uh, creating a mental model as to like how these interconnect and uh, where is this going. You have to spend quite a bit of time understanding um, understanding um, where, where uh, uh, you know, these AI models are heading and how you actually can, like and as an executive or uh, of a company or as a user, um, how you can see the pattern of where this is heading in the next couple of years and how my current investment should be so that it can actually adjust to those in all changes. Talking about where this is heading then, BG, do you think, what do you think we would be talking about at the end of 2024, if we had this discussion at the end of next year instead? Do you think there's yes. different things we'll be talking about? I think generative AI is going to actually grow substantially uh, over the year to year and a half period, uh, for sure. Uh, the generated content is not exactly replication of what the model has seen, but it is actually the fresh content based on all the knowledge that the model has gained during the training process. Because you have given a bunch of uh, data to to uh, as as a as a as a model of the world, you know. Um, um, so I think. You know, if you see, is that is that actually doing everything a human does? No, right? Like you could you could argue that whether the, is the internet data sufficiently describes the world um, uh, as we live in. Uh, 
no not really you know but it is does it uh, it it has a certain world model like you know based on whatever we have stored um i'm sure that 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 data will get keep on augmented um as we go but you know leaving the data aside right um there are some things that the generative ai don't do well today like uh, for example um generative ai because it is predicting always the next word the language model um it is not actually looking at few steps in the in the future and then figuring out uh what is the next best thing to do like if you if you, if you have read this uh, book um by uh, daniel kahneman right um thinking fast and slow um he talks about these two systems that we apply as humans one is a system 1 and system 2 system 1 is like instinctive um you know immediate um uh, whereas system 2 is sort of like rational handles very complex um, decisions and uh, it is sort of slow um and because you you consume the information you make decision you validate and then you come up with uh, answers right so large language model today is kind of a system one model which does like instinctive work like because it's it's you know generating one step at a time um so there are some tasks there are many tasks that we do as a system too like you know um that that is that uh, that language models are not good at uh, and this is a huge area of research right now and i think there's quite a bit will happen over the next uh, year to year and a half on this uh, yeah. right like for example if you tell the large language model take 30 minutes read all of this and you know consume all of this information and come back with some answers right like that is not something it does today yeah. right you can instruct it and say step by step follow these steps but you have to like you know that is an instruction that you can provide it to make it work yeah. but um, many of the decisions that we make um, are consuming a large amount of data and uh, and f- in a combining them and making the decision in a kind of a more rational conscious uh, mode right like and that i think is going to um, quite a bit um, improve the other aspect um i think in the next uh, what we will be talking about uh, like you know uh, in the next year is how we were able to potentially like i'm hoping um how we are able to create these generative models to be improving on their self improvement mode today we know how to how to train these neural networks uh, systems to self improve uh, by re- repeating the particular task in in on all its variations and finding the best way to um uh, maximize the reward uh but if it is a very specific task like you know playing um alpha go game or chess game or whatever right like the reward functions are very simplistic and you can easily define it the reward function is you have to you know take uh, take out all the opponent in the in the board game or whatever right so you can do that but in real world scenario the reward functions are a lot more complex and the reward functions are not very simplistic in the sense that it changes over time it changes over the conditions so um so uh one of the one of the things that i think we will figure out is will we be able to um make these generative ai models um um improve you know self improve uh using um you know uh, exploration of all the variations or uh, will we have subtask based models 
generative AI models that where the reward functions are easier to define. And then the large language models interact with each other to come up with the optimal decisions, uh, self-improved decisions for the complex uh, model. Today, we don't have a system. We don't, we still don't have a good way of making one large language model collaborate with another large language model to make the decision. Each of them make their own decisions on their own, right? So, so there are two things we have to do. One is to figure out like and how to um, subset these complex problems into a smaller problems where the reward functions can be simplistic enough that you can actually self-improve. You can, you can apply self-improvement techniques. And then how to really make sure that these language models can, you know, communicate with each other uh, to make the um, better model, and the, uh, I'm sure something will happen over the next 12 months on this, and then we will we will be uh, we will be looking at it. So it sounds in general, VG, like the future is very bright. We should all be excited. Um, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Like you know, future is definitely bright. There's so much is going to happen over the next 12, 18, 24 months. I'm excitedly looking forward to it, and um, you know, let's catch up in a year or two and see where we are. Sounds good. Fiji, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Oracle, by the way, for sponsoring all of season four of Future Says. It's been a great season. We're looking forward to continuing this collaboration into the future. Fiji, we look forward to talking at the end of next year and all the best with everything in the meantime. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for joining us on season four of Future Says. Stay tuned for more information on season five, which will be coming to you live from CES in Las Vegas.